Mark Abram, great to catch up with you here on the uh, Frontline stand here at uh, Crufts. Big smile on your face. Always. You've been, you've been very popular for the last hour, haven't <laughs> I you? Have. So I'm smiling. It never happens. It never happens. I think they think I'm someone else, like Omar Jalili or some, some, someone. Try and get mistaken for other people. Yes, definitely. Mark, a lot of interest today. People wanted to come and uh, chat to you about uh, some of their problems, their issues, the, the things they've got. What are the most common things that people want to know from you? Uh, a lot of advice about puppy farming, obviously, and what's what's the latest from the campaign trail, uh, which is exciting, obviously, because I'm in Westminster a lot um, and trying to change the law, which is looking very good at the moment. Um, but health-wise, fleas. Fleas is really uh, fleas and ticks are really common. Um, problem, year-round problem, uh, preventable problem, and obviously that's why I'm working with the guys at Frontline Plus. I believe in the product, and it's been a fa- fun campaign. As you've seen, the giant dog and all the giant things on the stand has been it's been a really creative way of dealing with a very very serious health issue. Uh, other things that people talk about are diet. So raw diet is a is a big deal at the moment in the dog world, uh, and I'm a big fan of raw diet, especially Nutriment, the, the brand Nutriment. Uh, I've seen it work wonders in terms of skin and teeth and general sort of demeanour of an animal. Uh, so there's some real good health issues going on in the dog world, which have been going sort of kind of for years. Uh, but it's always good to have updates. Uh, and an Alabama rot is another thing that people keep talking about, which is a disease that is incredibly rare, but it has probably received more sort of airtime and and column inches than a lot of other diseases in recent times. I think because of its name, but it's still a bit of a mystery why it's um, why it's caused. People think now it's uh, down to a fish parasite that lives in sort of puddles and streams, and it's more common in wetter weather. So th- there's there's a lot, always a lot to talk about in the in the dog world, and this is the place to, to be, isn't it? So it's it's great. Many thousands of people coming through the doors, dog lovers, dog owners, uh, and some breeders as well. Discovered Dogs is here, the Kennel Club Assured Breeders Scheme, helping people make informed choices. Yeah. And along with that, Mark, is the, the issue of taking ownership responsibly uh, and, and looking after the health and nutrition of the dog, isn't it? Is, has that changed over the last few years? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, dogs, the, the, the really the way to describe it is when I'm working as a vet, which I do almost full time, when I look at my waiting room list, the names of dogs now resemble the names of humans and I've never ever known a time where dogs are more people's family members than ever before you know gone are the days of Snoopy and Rover and all those classic names now it's Colin and Dave and Freddie and it could be a doctor's waiting room list my point with this is because they're being treated as family members which is obviously fantastic the food is becoming more human the clothes they wear are obviously more human the names that we've already discussed and everything about dog ownership is becoming a lot more anthropomorphic so a lot more human so the way we treat fleas and the way we treat parasites and the way we look after and protect our pets is the way we protect family members and people are becoming so much more switched on the internet is uh, sometimes a blessing and a curse but it's the information out there uh, if people use it responsibly to, to make informed decisions to know when to come to the vet um, to go to your vet to source a vet to source a responsible breeder like an assured breeder or a rescue shelter either either way so there's so much information out there that people are people love their pets and, and we're surrounded by that sort of pet love um, but you know all information that comes to pet owners has to be treated responsibly uh, and, you, and, and if any problems people have or questions or issues please please ask your vet because the number of people that kind of self-diagnose or even self-treat is quite staggering and personally and very personally I think it's also a measure of your vet practice because if you're 
wanting to self-diagnose or self-treat, you're not going to be that confident in your practice or you think maybe you'll get charged too much. I'm very lucky to work in an independent vet practice in Brighton called St Francis uh, and, and we have a really good dialogue with our clients. So we, we see animals when they're just ill or when they're even before they're ill from a site behavior change. And it's because people have the confidence in us not to go online, not to, not to self-treat, but to come to the vet first and get an honest uh, and value for money answer about, you know, sometimes I say, do you know what, it's fine, off you go, and we don't charge. Uh, and it's becoming rarer and rarer in the veterinary world, if you like, to have that level of independent vet care. Um, so I'm proud to do what I do and I'm proud that my clients have the confidence to come in when there's a, a slight problem and it's usually a behaviour change for example if it's a slight fever uh, because they, they trust me and they trust the other vets and nurses in the practice I work with to get the problem sorted out without sort of looking online um, so yeah if you're I don't know where I'm going with this but my point is there's a lot of information out there and be very wary about what you do with your pet and remember every every minute delayed going to your vet is a minute delayed that your pet could potentially be becoming a lot worse and needing treatment so please go to your vet uh, and uh, get your pet treated as soon as they're ill now just finally one thing you touched on was the puppy farming issue and that's something i know it's very close to your heart um just update us on where you are with this yeah absolutely i mean it's, it's literally close to everyone here's heart no one likes puppy farming most people still don't realize it's legal to puppy farm and it's legal to sell via pet shops and third parties uh, the update is at the moment is um we've obviously been working on this for years pup aid is a uh, annual dog show in Primrose Hill that you guys always cover and you, you guys have been fantastic and it's a real people power uh, it's, it's huge now with the celebrity support the fun dog show this year it's on the 1st of September but I've been in Westminster I worked it out the other day something like 250 times in the last five years uh, lobbying MPs meeting presenting running events running drop-ins the latest is, and I've been spending a lot of time in number 10 actually this year, um, which is becoming routine, which I'll, I'll never, ever, ever get bored of, either doing it or saying it. But uh, now I'm talking to the guys at the top. There's been a call for evidence, which came out on the February the 8th. This is a public consultation uh, asked for by the government to, to get as much evidence as possible to ban third-party sales. And what that means is that if this happens, and we've named it Lucy's Law after Lucy the Rescue Cavalier, which is a hugely popular campaign now, uh, that means that puppies will only be able to be bought direct from the breeder in the place they were born, seen interacting with the mum or a rescue centre. And as soon as the dealer network is, in, is activated, if you like, puppies are then, and their breeding bitches are kept behind closed doors and that's when the cruelty happens and neglect. So by blowing open the industry, if you like, in terms of transparency, we're making all breeders accountable so you can only go to a, uh, a responsible breeder and see the puppy interacting with his mum or rescue. And if they, they become the only two options you can actually choose a dog, you've pretty much made the biggest step against puppy farming ever. Now, there's always going to be people that um, sort of try and escape the law or do their own thing. But in terms of a single first major step to tackling puppy farming, and this, of course, removes the market for puppies coming in from Europe as well, Lucy's Law is the way forward and we have very, very good positive sounds and messages coming from Number 10 that they want this as well. So it'll be an interesting few months and, and fingers crossed by summer we should have an announcement from Number 10. Best of luck, uh, lots of hard work and uh, hopefully that will come to pass. Mark, great to catch up with you. Um, I think you're still going to be in demand for the rest of the day, aren't you? Absolutely. And just one more thing, there's an e-petition at the moment which is on the government website and you can find the link on my Twitter feed, Mark Levet or Pup Aid's Twitter feed. And we're trying to get 100,000 by tomorrow. It's at 60,000 and it's been live for about seven days. 
it's unheard of for a government e-petition. Lots of celebrity support, Ricky Gervais, etc. So if you go online, go to the government website or or my Twitter feed or Facebook page, Mark Levet, and, and sign the petition, and even more importantly, share it. Let's get to 100,000. Uh, and if you're at Crofts on Sunday, come to the Nutriment stand all day where I'll be, and we're unveiling a giant Mother's Day card where you can have your picture taken with, with a picture of Lucy in the middle of it. So there's loads of stuff that you can do. Don't feel that helpless that you can't stop puppy farming. Join Lucy's Lord, join Pape, join this sort of people power movement, and change is coming, and, and you know, be proud to be a part of it. Mark, many thanks. Thank you so much, Steve.